Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Miner, alongside my co-host, Pranay Malampati. As always, we're here to discuss Baylor hoops as the Bears go into the final three games of the regular season, and they're coming off back-to-back losses. Uh, I'm sure Scott Drew and company are just happy to get out of the state of Kansas, uh, where they've lost now to number five Kansas and number 14 Kansas State in back-to-back games to tumble from first place of the Big 12 conference standings all the way down to fourth um Renee, what were your what were your takeaways from uh the Baylor's trip to Kansas yeah um my takeaway was that Baylor's got some work to do on the defensive end um okay. starting from that second half against Kansas they they simply couldn't do much to stop either Kansas in the second half or Kansas State on Tuesday. I think that one of the commentators pointed out something important during the Kansas State game, um, calling, basically saying that Baylor looked tired. And it, that was early in the second half of the Kansas State game. And I started watching for that throughout the second half. And it just, it did, it did seem like Baylor look tired, um, maybe just because of the wear and tear, but given how, given that Baylor has been not great defensively the entire season, that the idea that Baylor's getting tired is not, is not a great thing for their games in March, um, I do think part of it was because Kansas State was just playing so fast on the offensive end and, and Baylor had to keep up with them and wasn't able to. So maybe it's more of those fast-paced teams that are going to give the Bears some trouble. Um, but, yeah, I guess biggest takeaway was just they've got to figure it out on the defensive end if they want to go anywhere in March. Yeah, did uh, did Baylor look in the second half against Kansas State or the second half against Kansas, in your opinion? Oh, I would say the second half against Kansas, for sure. Yeah, I mean, both of them were pretty bad. Allowed 55 points in the second half against Kansas after being up 13 at halftime. Allowed 44 points to Kansas State after being up um, uh, three at halftime. And and Baylor did not play well. You know, they really only played 10 minutes of good, you know, at least good shooting, I would say, um, in the first half against Kansas State. But they looked real, really bad. Um, 
against Kansas State in terms of just they were getting whatever they wanted, uh, easy buckets at the rim. At least I think Kansas at least made a few tough shots, um, and and were able to you know get convert turnovers into fast break points. If I'm remembering correctly, like the game against last night against Kansas State, Baylor just couldn't stop anything inside. It was dribble drive layup on a on a on a post seal, dribble drive pass, dump off for a dunk. Uh, alley oop from the wing. Uh, Baylor could not protect the the baseline at all. They couldn't do anything, and it was interesting because at the start of the game, they, uh, Jalen Bridges was getting a few good blocks. They were uh, playing pretty well defensively, and then Kansas State was able to adjust pretty pretty easily. It seemed, and so um, that to me was at least you know, maybe they played worse against Kansas, but the, the performance in the second half against Kansas State and really the whole game, was a little bit more concerning to me as we head in to try to make, obviously they were trying to make a championship run for the Big 12 Conference. That's still in the realm of possibility, but they would need a lot of help in order to do that. Um, but then also, you know, for any Final Four hopes that the Bears had in March, um, you know, they're, they're going to have to play some defense, and they're going to have to, you know, weather some storms type, type deal. So, uh, you know, Kansas State dominated us in the paint, got whatever they wanted to and you know Baylor kind of reverted back to just trying to shoot their way out of of jail so to speak and it seems like that's our identity our identity is we're not very good at on on the defensive side at least not very consistent uh, especially against top tier teams top 15 teams Marquette Kansas Kansas State Texas um, and then on offense our identity is we're just going to try to outshoot you Right, um, and they're good enough to where that could work, uh, but that's very, you know, very flimsy uh, to to rely as that as your strategy for the the tournament. <clears throat> yeah, and I think those two things kind of go hand in hand, because if Baylor isn't hitting its threes, then the other team is going to get long rebounds and be able to push the basketball down the court and force some transit like create some transition opportunities and and play fast which has been giving Baylor a lot of trouble this season so not only is it important obviously that that Baylor especially the three guards Cryer Flagler and Keontae George important that they hit threes to score points um on the offensive end but it also it's it's a there, there's two sides of the equation because that also helps slow down the opposing offense. And if they don't hit those threes, then it's going to lead to more damage on the other side of the floor. Yep, long rebounds can get you out of transition pretty quickly. Uh, I think I think we saw that against Kansas. Kansas, that game was, was interesting to me. It was like as soon as Jalen Bridges missed the wide open layup to start the second half after Kansas scored on their opening possession and then Bridges missed the bunny. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that sound, that seems about right. Right. That looks about right for how Kansas is just going to come back and get in this game. And they wiped out, you know, really a 13 point lead in less than two minutes uh, (laughs) to start the first half. And Baylor also couldn't get a break against Kansas. There, there were some things I felt like I was watching in the Kansas game where it was like, we, we slipped, 
you know, there are three straight possessions where our guards just slipped on the floor and then one possession, right, we, we slipped, turn it over, they got a fast break bucket. We come back, Jonathan Chamochachua does a, executes a perfect screen and roll with Flagler. He's got the ball for a dunk in the paint and the ref blows the play dead because he's wiping up a wet spot that occurred, you know, 30 seconds beforehand mm-hmm. that he never stopped play for, you know, after the Kansas bucket or anything like that. And, you know, a bunch of those things is just like, yep, that's that's Fog Allen Fieldhouse. You know, that's Fog Magic right there. Like, Kansas is going to get all the breaks. They're going to get all the calls. Um, but against Kansas State, and maybe it has something to do with Jerome Tang on the other sideline knowing exactly what he's up against. Um, but Baylor played really uncharacteristically um, on, on the, I would say on the defensive end because usually they put up a we've seen them put up a little bit more fight than that. You bring up a good point for tonight. Maybe they're retired. Like the uh, I think it was Fran pointed that out. Right? Yeah, yeah, I um, think it was Fran. But um, but they just played uncharacteristic basketball. That Wagner got picked up the intentional foul when there was no need to do that, and you know, um, uh, just a lot of those things that. You know, you saw some body language that wasn't good. And listen, they, they won 10 out of 11 games to get themselves to the top, crawl their way, fall their way back to the top of the conference uh, and then face two really good teams. So hopefully just get some rest. And they got a tough one coming up against uh, number eight, Texas, at the Ferrell Center this Saturday. Yeah, it's a, it's a big game coming up. <clears throat> um, obviously, they've they've lost their last three big games to Texas, Kansas, and Kansas State. If yeah. they can if they can pull out this win against Texas, then it'll it'll show that they've still got something left in the tag and that there there's a chance that they can do something in both of the tournaments. Um they're just like there's four really good teams in the Big Twelve right now, I think. Although with TCU getting Mike Miles back, maybe they're up against Kansas. What's that? They looked good against Kansas the other night with Miles back. They almost, uh, you know, they went wire to wire with them. Oh, they yeah. That's a win at the end. Yeah, good point, good point. Yeah, so maybe five five really good teams in the Big 12 now that could all do some damage. Um, I think I think Baylor is still the most talented, but they've just got to put it together on the defensive end of the floor. Do you see? Do you see any chance that Baylor – is able to shore up the defense by the time March Madness arrives. I, I think so, and I think I think they're inherently going to get better because they're not going to play the same caliber of opponents in the in the tournament um, that we faced all year. Um, and then I also have faith that we can shore shore up the defense and event a little bit here um, because against Kansas State. Right, Kansas kind of just blitzed, blitzed us, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm a little naive, but you're on the road at Kansas. Baylor's only ever won there one time, mm-hmm. um, and it took a her- uh, her- Herculean effort by Jared Butler in order to do that. So um, that that just happens. That's almost always an L. Uh, I, I was impressed with how Keontae George played against against the Jayhawks. Um, that was something he's had 20 points back to you know his past two performances. So. If there, if there was any concern there, which we told you on the podcast, like don't be concerned about Keontae George. He'll go ahead and and score after a couple games in single single digits. Um, 
But yeah, on the defensive end, I, I think I think I think we'll see. You know, I would hope at least some some better fundamentals, some better minutes from Flo, some better minutes from uh, Jonathan as as he you know continues to improve. And we're just not going to face the same competition. So I think some things you want to be wary of is, um, right? Who, what, what bracket? It kind of depends on what bracket you get, what region you get uh, put into. You know, are you going to go against an Alabama or another really physical team, um, fast team, fast-paced team? Uh, because that could be you know a weakness for for Baylor. Uh, but if you go against poor defensive teams and teams that like to just slow the tempo tempo and everything like that, then, you know, we could probably, uh, you know, do well and, you know, keep them contained. So it kind of just depends. But, you know, we, we this was the same predicament that Baylor was in last year, right? I, I think they needed Kansas to lose a couple games down the stretch and they needed to, to win um, in order to kind of get themselves back into the, the conference title race. And um, and they did so, and they had huge adjustments in that game against Kansas last year um, when they were basically down by 20 and they stormed back to win. So it, it happens, and um, all that to say is I think Coach Drew can definitely, I'm, I'm confident that he can make uh, adjustments here, You know, but it's just mental focus um, that the team really needs. A lot of that was just blown, blown fundamentals, blown assignments. Um, that they allowed Kansas State. Yeah, totally. Um, I believe in Coach Drew. I think that he'll make the necessary adjustments and at least get this team back in form by by the time the tournament arrives. It'll be hard to get back in the Big 12 race just because there's not one but two teams up there. And even if Baylor beats, beats Texas, they'll need... A lot of stuff to go go right down the line. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, need Texas to have another loss on top of that and Kansas to have two losses. I know Texas and Kansas play each other, so there's, there's some formulas there that could happen. But these both of those teams are also playing really well right now. Um, it would yeah. be nice to see maybe Baylor win the Big Twelve tournament for the first time. I think that'd be cool. That'd be something to be get excited about if Baylor could get position for that. Yeah, that that that'd be very interesting. Um, always root for that to happen, uh, and they've had bad 
performances in the Big 12 tournament the past couple of years. So um, really anything at this point, what I want to see heading into the, the big, the, you know, the, the NCAA tournament is can Baylor prove, you know, reprove to me that like, okay, they, they can do it. They can, they can play, go play against the best teams defensively, offensively, not make stupid mistakes, not make boneheaded errors. Um, they can look really good and smooth as a basketball team against not just anybody, but the best teams in the nation in a Kansas or a Texas or a Kansas state. Um, and so right now they haven't, you know, they, they failed the past, like you said, three times out really, uh, where the only reasons they were in those <laughs> games was because they shoot so well. Um, but Texas is a great way to, to perform, uh, and prove that to us. And, um, and then in the Big 12 tournament, you probably, you know, get at least one of those. You, know, you play one of those highly ranked teams. Could be an Iowa State. Could be a TCU with Mike Miles back. Um, who's a lot better, right? Like that that Baylor victory over TCU kind of feels a little bit hollow now because they had to come back um, by so much, and you know they kind of got a little lucky at the end with some no calls. Um, and and oh by the way TCU was without their best player and arguably you know one of the best bigs in the in the conference which Baylor cannot defend anyway so um, yeah it you know that's that's definitely something that I want to see and can I think they they can do it in the Big Twelve tournament I think so and I think it's still on the table for them to you know win the uh, Big 12 conference regular season, but they would need a lot of stuff for happening. They'd have to just real quick win out. Kansas State would have to drop one, and then uh, Texas would have to lose one more in addition to the Baylor loss, and then Kansas would have to lose two games. Everybody has like three games left on their schedule, so yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, uh, that's the thing. That's the thing. Um, basically, you need Texas to beat Kansas, Baylor to beat Texas. And then each of Kansas and Texas to lose to somebody else as well, which is a lot to happen. Cor- correct. Yeah, basically. Um. <clears throat> so, Brene, yeah. Big 12, best conference in America. How many teams do you think are, are going dancing? I'm going to say seven teams make it. I'm going to say that Texas, I mean, that Oklahoma's kind of out now. Um, yeah, they're sitting at three wins, I believe, in the Big Twelve. Yeah, three and yep. twelve in the Big Twelve. Texas Tech, actually, okay, maybe eight. Texas Tech is at five and ten, but their non-conference schedule was so bad or like so lowly rated that it it is going to be difficult for them to make it. Um, and then yeah, maybe I I'm gonna go with eight teams. I think I think West Virginia finds its way in, and I think Oklahoma State also gets in. Yeah, I think the top seven all the way down to, you know, um, Oklahoma State, I think they'll get in. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with you, eight. I think either maybe Texas Tech coming on strong or West Virginia by virtue of their Auburn win and maybe um, some of their other performances gets in. Uh, but I think only one of those teams get in. Um, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. I definitely feel, is is out. And, uh, but... Yeah, I, and I think I think the top six teams in the Big Twelve should easily be all top four seeds. Maybe, maybe Iowa State is not a top four seed, 
but I think I think there should be at least five top four seeds uh, from from the Big Twelve. Yeah, definitely. I think that's gonna be. I think that's gonna happen. I think, and then Iowa State maybe ends up as a five seed or something. But it's gonna. There's gonna be some. Some teams, hopefully, I think making it to the Sweet Sixteen, maybe further. Hope probably further. Yeah. Hopefully, Baylor's. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see where Baylor is. I think Baylor might be a three seed. Um, they'll have to finish well. I think they'll have to beat Oklahoma State. Probably need to beat Iowa State. Um, you know, kind of win two out of the last three in the conference just to solidify a three seed spot, but they got blown out by Kansas. They didn't drop a single spot in the rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their loss against Kansas State will probably drop them a little bit further, but they might just flip with Kansas State in the rankings. Wildcats were already 14. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that if Baylor wins out and beats Texas and then also beats Oklahoma State and Iowa State, they'll I think they'll be a two seed. If they lose to Texas and then win the win the other two, I think I think you're right. They'll probably be a three seed. Yeah, it's just very interesting because the Big Twelve is so good. Hopefully, hopefully they prove that in the in the tournament, and um, we'll see what happens. But it's a lot of a lot of fun. So obviously, Keontae George bounced back. Adam Flyler had zero points for basically the longest time mm-hmm. against Kansas State the other night after dropping twenty two. Um, against Kansas, so just real quick before we wrap this up, what are some some keys for a successful? Just say like a successful end of the season plus a final four run. What are what are some things in your mind that Baylor has to do in order to make a run to Houston? They've got to hit their threes. They've got to stick to their man on defense when they're playing man. Not get caught up in the switches and things like that. And they just got to stay focused and stay energetic. Make sure they're in condition. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that. Get to the free throw line um, and just play defense. They're going to shoot how they're going to shoot. I'm not even concerned about that, but um, get to the free throw line. And I think it's going to fall on Adam Flybler to, to really, you know, captain this offense. Uh, right? There was a great article in The Athletic about how he came back for his fifth year. Uh, specifically to be point guard to prove to NBA teams and scouts that that he could play the position. Uh, I think he's done an admirable job this year, but by any stretch, I, I would never classify him as a true point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, but Baylor's going to need him to be a, a true point guard, be able to get to the rim, facilitate uh, better than he has in you know, let's just call it three of the last four halves um, of, of Baylor's uh, games. So the, those two things I would add, it's, it's, it's on Adam and, and then that as a team get to the free throw line. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And I want to throw out there again, I said this on one of the previous podcasts, but I'd like to see Dale Bonner get a few more minutes just for the just for his defensive talents, given how much we're suffering on defense right now. But Scotcher knows more than me, so. Yeah, no, defensively, he would be a big lift, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in and listening. If you're going to be at the Farrell Center Saturday, hit me up. I'll be there live for both the uh, men's and women's games. Uh, it's It's been a pleasure. Sick and Bears. Sick and Bears. Okay. 
Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.